To Beyond the Void or Podcast. That's right. It's episode 239, and we have a special previous host with us tonight, or today, or whatever you're listening, I guess. But it's Patrick! Hey! <laughs> Zambuka! We got some Zambuk. So Patrick used to do a lot of uh, episodes with us back in the very early days of the show. He has, you know, come on, on and off for, you know, quite a few years. Yeah. You know, just just to fill in or just to have fun or just whatever. You know, Patrick, uh, but he was one of the early ones. It was Mike and me, and then then Patrick, Mike and I, and then uh, Mike. Then kinda, it was just yeah, Mike left, and then you, was, and it was just you and me, yeah, yeah, for like a year and a half. I yeah, think. about a year. Yeah, and then we got Brittany on, and then and then it was Christina. Or no, you came back for After a little Brittany while. Left, yeah, yeah, and then then uh, he had a baby. And then Christina filled in, I think. And, right. uh, and then you came back on for a couple more. I don't know how it worked. But the last time that he was on here was episode 175, we figured out, which was the Grave Encounters 1 and 2, which we talked about quite a bit. So that was like our first time seeing those, right? Yeah. So, but today we're going to go ahead and talk about some Vinegar Syndrome releases that I've been meaning to watch, that I've been wanting to watch. And Patrick let us watch them this week. We are watching Don't Panic from 1987 and Cthulhu's Mansion. Yeah, Cthulhu, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's Cthulhu. <laughs> there ain't no Cthulhu in there anyway, so it's no. not, there's not more than one. <laughs> <laughs> there's none. There's more than none. Okay. I don't know. We got to ask Maury. It was an homage to H.P. Lovecraft, Cthulhu Mansion from 1992, by the way, which is a movie that I have seen, but I didn't realize it until I started watching it. Yeah. Like, it, it hit me and dawned on me. I was like, oh, yeah, there's that girl that looks kind of like, like, what's her name from fucking Ghost? Uh, oh. Uh, Demi Moore. Demi Moore, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is actually William Shatner's daughter. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we'll get into that a little bit. That's interesting. I was like, oh, wow. Because she was in some Star Trek movies as well. Um, but yeah, she's in this movie apparently. So, And some of these, I would say, are so bad they're good. And one's just kind of, eh, eh. <laughs> but I, I think one of them is definitely the, the crown king of the fucking so bad it's good yeah. of these two, for sure. So you'll find out what they are once we figure it out. But how have you been, man? What's going on with you? Oh, not much. New job. So I've been trying to... Work in the heat, I hear you told me. Yeah, yeah. The AC broke, and I work in a warehouse. So it's literally just been a sweatshop. And they won't even give them a fan, guys. Like, uh, like not even one fan in that 
entire uh, place. And it's been out the whole week. Yeah, like, and it's in Arizona, which it's we've been at 119 degree heat that you can't escape. No, no. <laughs> it's you... not humid, so, okay, Austin, shut the fuck up. We are in the eye of Satan's butthole. Yeah, pretty much. It's the warm farts. <laughs> Yeah. They're not wet. They're just warm. <laughs> oh, we would pray for this a little wetness. You're Satan's baking butthole. <laughs> so that sucks, dude. I'm sorry to hear that. Other yeah. than that, not much. You know, I'm a kid trying to take care of him. Work, yeah. come home, let Mike give a you know, break hugging. to my uh, wife, <laughs> who's a trooper, man. Does she does everything? Yeah, I'm an observer. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Moms are always more, I think. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times. Not always. I'm just saying, like. I'm just the guy that comes home and, like, hey, I'm going to shake you around a Get little bit. Get off of me, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> Give him a little tough love. Yeah, know? I'm kidding. <laughs> a little beep, beep. Just hit it. Like, yeah. Little, <laughs> beep, beep. I'm kidding. That's terrible. He's fucking adorable, dude. Like, that kid can get away with murder. Yeah, that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> He's like, oh, <laughs> he's like holding a knife and he stabbed your grandma and he's like, oh, you're like, oh, I just can't. Oh, dude. Like I gave him a bat, like like a little kid's bat, but it look, looks like a Bam Bam club. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that was a bad idea. Were bad you idea. I don't know what I was thinking, dude. I was, <laughs> like I was watching the ball game one day and like the next day I was like, oh, give him a little bat, you know, and he could hit little foam balls or whatever. And, yeah. No. Yeah. You were thinking way far ahead. <laughs> he's, he's not that coordinated yet, Patrick. He's definitely not. You're like, like, well, I put him in the front seat of my car and let him drive. It just didn't work out. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I pictured him driving. I don't, you know, when you're coming home, son, I don't know when. <laughs> Patrick, he drove into the fucking neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought he could drive. He said it was good. Yeah, he said, oh, I assumed. He was very convincing. He said, uh-oh, after, though, but that was. <laughs> that is, like, his favorite thing to say. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then he, like, throws his arms in the air, like. Well, By the way, know. his kid is, like, my my biggest fan, so all the other fans have to step aside. Yeah, when he was a baby. When Yeah, go ahead. There and you go. he, uh. You just, just get in these little spells and just cry, cry, cry. And I throw on one of your reviews and just instantly this what? Yeah, he would just stop crying. He had video, like multiple videos of this. Mm. I didn't. I thought it was just like a coincidence the first time. I was like, oh, that's cute, you know. And then he sent me another one, and I'm like, okay, maybe I am the baby whisperer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> There's somebody else at home right now. I was like, hey, whenever I put you on, Alex, my kid shits himself. <laughs> so maybe you're the baby shitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey well if he if he's backed up <laughs> put me on i'll squirt him out all over the place just make sure he's got a diaper on kids uh so patrick and i have this thing that we do that we we found out one time trying to make a shot and we realized it doesn't go with anything no we we, we didn't figure this out until after we tried it and it tastes like black licorice and it, it's like we both hate black licorice yes but we love the feeling of this shot. And I haven't done it in a long time, but it's Sambuca. And it just, it makes you just feel amped. Like you just fucking. It does. It gives me kind of a similar feeling to um, the Green Fairy, the fucking absence, oh, absence kind of yeah. feeling. You, can, you get a rush a little bit, you know? I don't know if this is just because there's a lot of sugar in the motherfucker or what. It definitely, because it is fucking. 
It is. Oh, super dude, sweet. when you, if you if you yeah, like once the once you've drank out of the bottle a little bit, like the top becomes like all a crystallized. Little, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like definitely lots of sugar. I mean, this is not for diabetics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if you if you have low sh- blood sugar, you could just give them a shot of that, and they just oh <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I I fell asleep. I don't know why are my hands on fire. I didn't feel it. <laughs> All right, so let's do a shot. Cheers. Oh yeah, wait, there we go. Two of these, and we go a little sideways, and we can't talk anymore. All right, it's weird. Chim chin. Chim chim cherie. Just as terrible as I remember it. Yeah. Oof. It ha- it did become kind of a, kind of a tradition around here to do yeah, this. You're like so. salivating as you're yeah, talking. It's like because <laughs> my body's like, no, get it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should we do another one just to push the boundaries and see what happens? Let's do it for science. For science. Oh, I can feel it in my stomach. I can still feel it on my teeth. <sighs> yeah, it's a. Uh percolating my stomach right now <laughs> so if i spray fucking licorice out my f- mouth or whatever <laughs> yeah don't spill this shit by the way guys because it's sticky as fuck oh yeah dude all right cheers, cheers it's all downhill friend. from here <sighs> yeah baby Ugh. yeah baby all right he's out of control now oh and just this is just a precursor guys just because like it's tradition we would do one or two every episode for a while. And sometimes we'd be really tired at night doing our episodes. And then we'd drink this and we were like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> we'd speak louder or faster than our mind could go. Right. And so, then uh, editing was a nightmare, I bet. <laughs> uh, not really. I was never on that end. I'm but. a little lighter on the fucking editing now. I just let shit fucking slide all the time. So Yeah. I look. I just look at the space, <laughs> and then I like. Okay, that needs to be closer. That right. way, that way we can pack more in an episode, and it's not so like you know. I trim it for you guys. You know, I'm gonna make it look pretty. So whenever you fucking put it in your mouth, <laughs> I mean your ears. <laughs> oh, how'd that get in here? Oh my god, it's the sambuca coming back. <laughs> we'll blame the sambuca anyway. I think it might be that time. Oh shit! Horse shots. There we go. Had to do a couple. That's all right. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while, yeah. Yeah, you just I'm trying. a little rusty, you know? Yeah, put in a little sambook in your butthole, whatever. <laughs> Book. All right. So we are going to be doing a uh, pretty distasteful shot. <laughs> I don't know how it tastes, actually, yet, because we made it. On the fly. Yeah, but the name is distasteful and just kind of like are mean. We going, it's are you mean. Going? It's mean. Okay, you go with the one that I was like, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's uh, the one. Okay. I mean, I have to because I wrote a whole bunch of fucking jokes about it. Right. <laughs> and look, I have nothing ill against the person who has it or wears it. I mean, I know people with unibrows. I'm sitting across well, from one. I was going to be like, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> hey, it's not bad. I, I try to keep my shit clean. All right. <laughs> so for today's shot or this week's shot, we're going to do a shot based around around the movie Don't Panic from 1987, which has a girl love interest in it by the name of Alexandra, and yeah. she has one hell of a fine unibrow. <laughs> so we're calling this shot a highbrow. <laughs> a wet brow. I'm just kidding. It's a little sloppy. <laughs> and what is in a highbrow in this lowbrow joke? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked, everyone, because... 
we decided to put tequila in it because this movie is out of Mexico. It is, you know, tequila is a huge symbol of Mexican alcohol. So we put it in there and then we added 99 pineapples to the mix to make a highbrow. So <laughs> I'm almost thinking we should have went with bananas. Before you get your razors out, make sure you take this shot, my unibrow friends, all right? Never use a razor. <laughs> you pluck that shit. Just a weed Grin- whacker. Grinch your teeth and pluck weed- the fuck out of them. Ooh, really? Yo, don't shave. Yeah, because then you get the five o'clock unibrow shadow. It just comes back thicker. <laughs> yeah, Swear I guess to God. that's true. <laughs> I learned that see, when I was a kid. <laughs> see, Patrick's here, so I feel much better about the whole fucking thing. So, it's like, I have a unibrow. I, well, I don't. My is it? It's not. No, I it, couldn't help but notice it in the movie. It was either that, or we were gonna have party pajamas, which is uh, another trope that's pretty ridiculous in the movie. But this one's a little bit of a deep cut, or rather, a deep pluck. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. You got to get in there, man. You're ready. Deep. This one's sticky, well, you never, too. You didn't even hand me one. Yeah, I did. I put it on the fucking table right there. Oh, there. there. Sorry. Yeah, I know. We just took Sambuca on top of it before that. So, oh, Dude, and let's let you guys know, this isn't like good tequila. This is... Yeah, it's half and half. Tequila... No, it is. It's it's the decent tequila. It's Jose Cuervo, dude. Whatever. It's not Jose, the worst. Jose Cuervo does not it, make It could be tequila. fucking Kroger brand fucking like... I would prefer Kroger. Over oh, it. give me a break. <laughs> I'm a tequila snob. Oh, all right. Well, you're just right. a tequila bitch is what you are. There we go. <laughs> Ching. All right. Cheers. Well, it's weird. Actually, the pineapple smooths out the bite. I, I kind of like it. I feel um, like it needs something else to, like, smooth it out. It's not I'm bad together. back, dude. Really? Oh, dude. Huh. That did not hit me right. Go away for a few hundred episodes and look, it comes back like this. Oh, dude. And it wasn't that strong. It was that. Oh, it's not that bad, Patrick. It's that Jose. Podcast up, motherfucker. Podcast up. Get some decent tequila. <laughs> well, hey, you want to pay my fucking bills, dude? Because I, I will shit. give you 20 bucks to go to, All right, go hey. to Costco and I'll get some it. Kirkland tequila. Thanks, uh, everybody. Please give a shout out in the comments to thank Patrick for the $20 donation. Appreciate it. I've donated a lot this to going. this podcast, so <laughs> a logo. Well, why don't you keep mic. going? Donate a puke right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll. A you puke. almost did. You almost did that one time, and now it's the second time. What time was it? <gasps> what was that time I almost puked? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. It was around the time Mike was around. We were. We were. It I think was it was one of those Friday the Thirteenth shots. Wasn't I think it, it was like something like that. Yeah, that was a really bad one. We had thirteen different alcohols in one yeah. shot. No, and then I did the what was the one I? It did was because you had that tequila rose in there, and it fucking tripped us all out. Yeah. All right, guys. So if you would like to try a highbrow, all you have to do is make lowbrow humor and go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section. Now that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're gonna jump into our flesh and, and potatoes. potatoes. Of Don't Panic from 1987 from Vinegar Syndrome and another one from Vinegar Syndrome called Cthulhu Mansion from 1992. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. Hey guys, so we're back. 
Patrick was mentioning something in our little break there. Well, you were talking about throwing up, and I remember the birthday episode we did for me. Oh. And I believe it was... Pat's clam bake from hell? Yeah, it, like right. And then we did, I think it was Idle Hands and um, Nukem High. Yeah, I think it was Nukem High, yeah. And we were trying to stay within the green theme, if you've seen those movies. Oh, it, my God. Dude. Is so, that the one we did pot in the fucking drink? Yeah, you put some pot and some stoli. And I, we, for like a week or two. It fermented. I couldn't stop shitting my brains out after that. Dude, I, dude could you... It, I had to struggle through that podcast. Like, yeah. I was, well, that was, is that one that you're, yeah. Well, we were all struggling. Me dude. too, man. I fucking had fucking like for the next three, four days. I could, I couldn't, I like, so don't drink. Yeah. Do not mix weed with and the- alcohol. <laughs> it's not I mean, good. you could probably do it. Right? I mean, if you want to smoke a little bit and then do, I mean, that do you, <sighs> but do not put weed in. I alcohol. think what it was is that all the fibers in the drink kind of like, it, it's like it took it into that area of your body and then it was like, no, yeah. out. Whatever it did. It was like fiber. So it was like, get out. It felt like when you're trying to maintain while you're peaking on acid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that what it was for you? I don't know. It didn't feel that way for me, but. It, it just felt like I was trying to keep myself composed and not like, dude, <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like death. Death warmed over. Yeah, it was not good. Well, maybe this new episode uh, will help you out, Patrick, to forget those bad times. I, I, I'll tell you what, dude. I really miss being here. I miss seeing <laughs> your lovely face. Lovely? I don't know if that's been ever said. <laughs> no, I miss you too, brother. Like, Christina is like, she's she's actually uh, stepped up. No, I believe it. And I, I've listened to a couple episodes with her in it. Like, I don't get time to listen to much. But, like, yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's, she's, she's got a different opinion. She's got a different opinion than I do. So it, it definitely makes it a little bit more interesting for those who don't agree with me, which right. is fine. We usually kind of like. Well, I my my job isn't for everybody to to, to agree with me. Like I don't give right. a shit about that. My job is to help you guys find a fucking movie that maybe you might like and keep you entertained while I do it. That's right. pretty much what I. But think you and of me myself. are pretty much on the same street when it comes to movies. For the most part, for the I mean, most there's part, there's been a couple of times that I go a little deeper than you do and uh, bottom out. Right. But that's just you know how I was raised and what I was born with. Yeah, that big schlong. <laughs> it's a joke, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's the Sambuca making me talk stupid. <laughs> Blame the Sambuca. <laughs> He's got those heavy Literally, eyes. like, guys, sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. Like, And Sambuca kind of like cuts the tie between like me thinking about what I'm saying and what, I'm, what I actually say. So right. I just like, brah. When so I, there is no coalescence to anything no. that he's saying. It's just random bullshit. It'll happen to him, too. He'll say something stupid, too. Watch. I, I think I already have, so it's okay. <laughs> well, let's start with Don't Panic first. All right, let's and, kick this off. Yeah, because this is going to be a longer episode, guys, so I hope you're buckled the fuck up and ready to go on the fucking right. Patrick and Alex ride. So uh, we got two movies that we're going to break down, probably one. So that in itself is going to take a long while. Plus, we're sweating bullets right fucking now, so this is like a fucking, this is like a trying time for me, because it's hot as fuck in my house right now. Dude, turn that fan on. I can turn the fan on. I'll fucking cut into the fucking mic. What I can do is turn down the AC, and Christine's going to kill me Yeah, for she that. ain't here, dog. Is yeah. she like the old grumpy, like, dad that's like, who I fucking could, touched the thermostat? I could do whatever I want now. <laughs> Mom's not here. 
Anyway, so we do have a movie, Don't Panic, that came out in 1987. Vinegar Syndrome put the treatment on it. And the story of Don't Panic is on his 17th birthday, Michael unwittingly unlocks the evil forces of a Ouija board. Now he's able to see through the eyes of a supernatural killer. But who is it? Tagline, the real nightmare is just beginning. This is a movie that is directed and written by a director that we have spoken about previous. Um, it was by Ruben Galindo Jr., who did Cemetery of Terror and Grave Robbers, which I did an episode with Brian of Terrible Terror Podcast. And uh, we had a really good time talking about those movies. It was a blast. Um, was he better than me? Yeah, <laughs> way better, dude. He bottomed out. Anyway, Patrick's freaking me out. Some of the special effects in this movie were by Screaming Mad George, who did Predator, Big Trouble, Little China, The Giver, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, Arena, Bride of the Reanimator, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, Dennis 2, and so many more. That's a hell of a resume. Yes. Uh, there's cast in this movie that aren't really popular. I only picked the top three just because a lot of these actors were in a lot of Mexican films and stuff that I've never heard of. So I didn't want to wax poetic about it, but we do have John Michael Bischoff who plays Michael, the lead in this movie. He actually was starring in and uh, directed a movie called Ratas Nocturnus, which I guess means night rats. I don't know. Rats of the night, something like that, which he also acted in another Ruben Galindo uh, junior film, which was grave robbers. It also stars Helena Rojo, who plays Mrs. Smith, the mom. She was in The End of the Party, Mysterio, Wild Heart, and more. Also has Gabriel Hazel, Alexander the Unibrow. She was in Vacation of Terror, which I want to see really bad, by the way. Uh, I was, like, looking for... Is it hard to find? It is very hard to find. I found a, I found a video. I found the full movie, but it doesn't have, like, English subtitles. And I tried to find subtitles anywhere. Nothing. Wow. Uh, she was also in La Innocentes, Innocentes, I don't know, quite a few Mexican movies and TV shows, though, for sure. Patrick, what are your thoughts on this fine film? At first, I thought it was going to be like another... Um, Why did you make me watch this Alex movies? Right. I thought it was going to be, what was it, Night Stalker? Which I, Wait, I, I Night grew, Killer, and it's a great movie. And, and, I, and he had to convince me to watch it again, and thank God he did, because the second run through, I was like, all right. You're right. Yeah, he took it way too serious. <laughs> I think I was just in a shitty mood. Dude, I mean, how can you fucking not laugh at a guy in the bathroom? <laughs> little girl, what yeah. did he say again? You do it I've so got good. molested in the little boy's room. <laughs> and then he runs out the door. Like, what a fucking great movie, dude. I'm so glad I own that movie. That movie is just chock full of really long, really bad scenes. Yeah, and don't forget, like, the motor combat, like, finishing move. Yeah, like, like the there's just a ton of stuff in there. But yeah. so this reminded you of this a little? No, no, no. Well, kind of. Like, when it started out, I was like, it was just so bad that I was like, oh, God. Don't gonna... panic, dude. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. And then, you know, when I fucking saw Alexandria fucking pop up like Snoop Dogg from the back (laughs) of the couch with those fucking eyebrows, I was like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Those sexy eyebrows. (laughs) I started doing the math to make sure she wasn't my mom. (laughs) Wow, Jesus. I'm serious. Could she be my mom? Anyways, cut that out. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Anyways, uh, I actually, like I said, at first I was put off. Um, but as I started watching it, I was like, no, 
there's something there's something to this. Yeah. There's something more interesting about it. Right. And uh it didn't disappoint. Okay. Uh it was it, it but it did it it made me teeter between did this guy try to make a good movie and it turned out bad or did he try to make a so bad it's good movie? No, you don't try to make a so bad it's good movie. If you do, you oftentimes fail. Uh although there are movies that I will say that like people like Astron 6 and like Steven Kostansky, they kind of got that down a little yeah. bit, so they kind of know how to make. Like the editor is one of those so bad it's good movies. You didn't mention uh, Troma. What? Troma makes all the uh, movies are so bad it's good. Right, but I mean, you, I'm just saying like those are intentional. Those are really intentional. Like they're not trying to make a real production, right? And then it just goes bad, <laughs> dude. That's what the so bad it's good fucking S big flair. That's the thing about S big is that they're trying to make a legitimate film and it turns out so horrible that people love it. And here's the thing about this movie that like the acting was bad. Oh, it's still enjoyable, but it's still enjoyable. And there's some scenes that just like recall like other movies, like they're kind of closely like HP Lovecraft, like inspired, like maybe a little in the mouth of madness. Okay. Some other stuff. You know, I, I. What else did you like about it? I mean, did you? What was what? What got you into it so much? <laughs> I just think it was just like I just kind of just let go and stop trying to expect anything from it and right. just go for the ride. That's kind of one of those things about these like films, man. Right. You know, like it's funny too because I was thinking about like how like some dubbing I can stand in eighties and stuff, but like if you put dubbing on something now, I won't be able to watch it. There, I, I can't remember if it was Cthulhu. Or if it was Don't Panic, but, like, the S's, dude, they were just popping like crazy. Oh, the sound on this movie, on Don't Panic, is really washed out. It sounds really... So maybe it was Don't Panic. It's real crisp. Yeah. The, and, but, like, that's something... It's not. It's nothing that Vinegar Syndrome could do to fix it. Right. That is just how it was recorded. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or how they mastered it or whatever the fuck they did. So the S's, if, you, if that's something is one of your pet peeves... It might take you yeah, off a little bit. It crackles. It was crackling. And I and I had to like, I went and watched like a YouTube video or whatever just to see if it was similar. Mm-hmm. And it was. I was like, okay, so it's not just my system. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I went and watched it on a different set of thing and it was like still that. So yeah, like it's nothing Vinegar Syndrome could do, but just how the movie was done. It's like really, like really. Right. I, so I guess I'm trying to say overall. I mean, it's a it's semi slow. I think it's like a half an hour before it really gets into like the meat of the movie. Okay, but I once it starts rolling, I mean, I'm laughing the whole time. There's so many like one liners in this fucking movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just it's something to throw on with your friends and just fucking have a good time. Yeah, what would you give it a score of? As as a so bad it's good movie, I would give it at least like. Whoa, wow, you liked it more than me, even. Yeah, what what was your score on it? Well, I'll tell you, um, this is, what I thought of this film is that it was actually a pretty decent slasher supernatural movie, you know, because it it is a supernatural slasher, you know, like, it really is. It's totally so bad it's good movie for me, for sure. A mix of S-Big all over this fucking wonderfully weird film. It's got a 28-year-old playing the part of a 17-year-old who's acting the age of an 8-year-old. Which his mother babies him like right. a fucking 8 That was like the worst part, too. Like, And he's solving supernatural murders 
in white, blue, and red dino pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> the pajamas, like, man. Like, that's right, guys. A grown man wearing fucking pajamas. Dino pajamas, by the way. 27, I don't know how old he was. Probably 24 to 27, but. While I was watching this, dude, like, I was like, please don't let that be John. <laughs> Please don't let it be John. <laughs> it's weird. It's really weird. It's I wouldn't like let it's that like, happen. It's almost like a kink or like some weird fetish the guy had. And I ain't kink shaming. But I'm just saying, like, it's really weird. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I ain't shaming unless you're in defeat. If you're in defeat, <laughs> you're fucking weird. <laughs> but apparently on Michael's 17th birthday, the character in this movie, his friends trick him into playing with a Ouija board, which he is not fucking happy about. And it summons the actual devil himself, Satan who not only kills all of his friends who fucked with the Ouija board, but also Michael can see all the murders happen in real time, no matter where he is, because he's connected to Satan now. And after watching, like, cause I watched this movie twice, guys. Well, I, I attempted to watch it twice. The first time I watched it, my eyes got red and blurry. Oh, it's Satan. <laughs> it's Satan. Get in your eyes. Cause his eyes turn red. And, uh, the second time I watched it, I passed it on the couch. But the first time I, uh, since I was inebriated, is that the, is that what I want to call? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but anyways, I had to watch it twice. Well, so this movie to me reminds me of Shocker, um, and also Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, it definitely has like a touch of that demonic possession sort of thing going on for it. Right. Like, uh, what was and that other even one? Even like- the tagline of the movie is trying to like, it seems like it's like the real nightmare is just beginning. Like, oh, you're going to throw that out there like that, huh, buddy? You know, like, <laughs> I feel like that's, it's like challenging or something like that. But anyway, this movie is chock full of fucking crazy stuff. We got talking face TVs, magic blood, a seriously fucking weird possessed dude who is literally Satan, not a demon, just Satan himself, because why the fuck not? He also has creamy, sticky lips. <laughs> and he has a hankering for stabbing people. Guess how many times? 13 times, guys. Yes, it's pretty great like that. I've been a fan of directors of, uh, of this director's other movies too, which I saw Cemetery of Terror. I think it gave it like a 5.5 or a 6 and Grave Robbers, which I thought it was a little less than Cemetery of, of uh, Terror because there's specifically kids in the movie. Like he seems to have problems with writing kids because either he writes them that they're too old or they're too old and he writes them too young. I don't know what it is, but there was a part in Cemetery Terror where these kids got in a fucking stranger's van, a white van, and fucking went to a cemetery with them. Hey, kid. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. That's a serious misstep. Like, I don't know what you're teaching kids right, right. now, but that is not a puppy. I got I got some, I got a huffy in my van. <laughs> come on. But anyway, so I've been a fan of those movies, and we did an episode, like I said, from uh, Brian from Terrible Terror. I think it was episode 142, if you want to check that out. But surprisingly, I think this is a better attempt at this at a movie than those two movies. Like, I feel like this is the better, more directed, more written. It's, it's a step in the right direction altogether. And where I did enjoy Cemetery of Terror a lot, I think this supersedes it in a, quite a few ways, like writing and direction. It's not overly gory, but it will definitely charm you with some pretty creative gory ideas. There's many what the fuck moments and just sheer why is this guy still wearing those goddamn fucking pajamas? <laughs> Which it just begs to make you question. 
reality. Like, it, but it makes this movie stand out too. And everybody always talks about the PJs whenever because, you see this dude, movie. It, it it just went on for so long. Right, you know, like, dude. Do, do you feel comfortable in there? <laughs> I'll tell you. So I got some trivia on it. So hang in there. But overall, if you like bad cinema or S big films, I think this belongs in the good pile. I'd definitely give it a six point five, maybe even a seven. If you're looking for something to have pizza, beer, and have a laugh, and just enjoy something weird. And that's kind of like what my rating came from, is just within that realm of So Bad It's Good. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the better So Bad It's Good movies I've seen. I liked Night Killer just a little bit more, because it's just a little bit more batshit for me than than this, and I cracked up so loud on that movie. But, you know, it's still a good S-Big film. I mean, Mm. a 7 is a really good score. For an S big film. I don't even know what a 10 is. Night Stalker felt like. Night Killer. Okay. Night Killer felt. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. You start keep over. changing it. No, it's fine. I don't All care. Right. So Night Killer felt like what it would be like if Lifetime decided to do it. So bad. It's good horror movie. It's, which is amazing. <laughs> right. I don't know. I it, it, I don't know. This movie is just the PJs alone make it stand out by itself. I'll definitely watch this again. It didn't blow me away, but it kept my interest and threw in enough what the fuck moments that I was supremely content. And I'd recommend it with, like I said, pizza, beer, you know, maybe some Hot Wheels. and Definitely like, friends. If you're going to fucking watch the movie, get out your PJs, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get weird. Let's get wild. Get some Sambuca. Some boop. <laughs> so you gave it an 8.5 or a 9. Jesus We're so Christ. bad, it's good. So I say we gave it a 7.5 between the two of us. So that's pretty good. Yeah. You really liked it, though. Yeah, but to be fair, uh, Alex has watched way more So Bad It's Good movies than I have. I don't know. It's hard to fucking rate them, man. Like, how do you rate that against fucking hereditary? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it's a you fucking. And every other fucking troll has to bring up that fucking movie. To... Why? What do you mean? I'm just saying. Is <laughs> I'm wanna... just tired of hearing about it. Really? You hated that movie or something? I loved Hereditary. I... Well, then it's just a comparison. I know, but it's just like. You you liked it, so then you understand that it's a really good movie I, I did... that is, does all the things that you're supposed to do cinema wise right, and it did everything for the most part right. Um, I gave it a 9.5. So I use that as my fucking hey, right? That's the Rosemary's Baby that's the scale. There. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like I'm just coming from a place of like uh, I've been on. I'm in like maybe four or five different horror groups on Facebook, and it's like I see this hereditary po- post. You should like, not get mad about that. You should celebrate it with them. They're not celebrating it. It's like it's a back and forth of like I hated it, I loved it, I hated oh, it. Oh yeah, I that's loved just it. people trying it's, to be edgy, right? And it's just like get over yourself. They just don't know what good cinema is. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fucking. I like Hereditary better than The Witch, and I don't give a fuck. I I stand by that. I think it's way better. And I loved Fucking Color Out of Space, and, yeah. and, and the, get I this, give it a people. ten. You know, so Midsummer. Midsommar is a good movie. I just, I need to watch it again. I, I think I gave it a 6.5. I'm just saying, like, how do you compare something really good to something like this? You can't go, it, it, oh, it's a one. Right. It's and different every scales. single one of them. You can't call it a 10 either because that doesn't make sense either. No. So that's why I said I developed the S big scale because <laughs> I had to do that. So, All right, anyway. so I'm going to bring my score down to an eight. No, no, no. It's too late. You done fucked up. Oh, damn. <laughs> Anyway, so 
We do have some trivia, so if you don't want anything spoiled and you want to watch this fine masterpiece, I think you can pick up a copy from Vinegar Syndrome uh, on their website, uh, or I think there is a copy, a, a shitty copy on uh, YouTube. I don't remember. Anyway, so if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So we do have some trivia. And it ain't too bad. The director is the son of Ruben Galindo, who did many films with uh, Santo. There's always like these films called Santo versus whatever. Santo versus it's kind of like Godzilla, but it's like Santo. He's not he's like a wrestler and he fights all these different things. And it's very <laughs> popular in, in Mexico. In fact, one of our listeners and one of our friends, uh, Esmeralda, said that she used to watch them with her dad all the time when she was young. Esmeralda. Is that the one we sent the pickle ornament to? No, that was a different person. But Esmeralda's been following the podcast since we started, pretty much. Pretty early on. So, but yeah, she she told me about that. And he used to direct a couple of those back in the, the day, like San, Santo versus the people from the other worlds and Santos versus the She-Wolves. They all had like a lot of like sci-fi or horror themed kind of things. And it was like a, um, like a, you know, one of, one of those wrestlers that's dressed up from head to toe. Oh, like a, a Lucha Libre. A Lucha Libre. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he, his father, you know, said, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to, I want to be a director like you, dad. Teach me the ropes. So he did. And he made his first film, which was Cemetery of Terror, which is actually not that bad. It's got yeah. some problems. It's not perfect. Okay. And I might even like it a second time. I haven't seen it in a while, and I may pick it up here soon because Vinegar Syndrome also puts that out as well. So it's like they they do all these ones that, like, those movies were hard to find. You couldn't get Cemetery of Terror, and they didn't get a lot of distribution in the U.S. So a lot of U.S. people didn't get to see these movies. You know what I mean? But if you lived in Mexico, you knew Cemetery of Terror. You knew Grave Robbers. You knew Don't Panic. I don't know what they got versus what we got, you know? A lot of our movies got put out internationally. Mm. But a lot of their movies didn't get brought up here because it was really hard to break into the market. And that goes for Spain, that goes for Italy, that goes for everywhere because we were snobs about it. And even even the director in this was like, yeah, man, he was like, it was really hard to get into the United States uh, market. It's just really hard. He said it wasn't until 1999 that they really started opening it up. And he's like, and now that we have the Internet, he's like, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new market. He's like, so we get to see everything now. So. He also said that they shot two takes for each of the scenes in this movie. It's one for English and one for Spanish. When they were trying to shoot this film originally, before they had someone tell him to shoot two different takes, he was trying to go for an international market so that he could possibly break into the U.S. market. And so they shot two different scenes for each each time they spoke. And so each person had to be fluent in both languages in order to be in this movie. So it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd I like wonder what see. the other versions like. Right. Too, yeah. Like if it's completely different or what. But so the pajama thing was directly involved with the lead actor, John Michael Bischoff, who played Michael in the film. He was the guy that bought them and surprised the director with them and said, Hey, I bought some pajamas in Los Angeles. I think you're going to love it. And he was like, What do you got? You know, what is it? And he put them on and he was like, Oh, okay. He's like, well, hear me out. He's like, it's because Michael is such a childlike individual that he's the only type of person that could survive this ordeal because he is childlike. So he had to have these pajamas. And I'm like, and the director bought it and was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. So I think he was just impressed that Michael was like so interested in his character. But like I said, I feel like it was some sort of weird fetish 
or a kink, <laughs> you know? Maybe he got off on kids wearing fucking, I mean, who knows? We don't know. <laughs> Cancel him! <laughs> Cancel that motherfucker! Somebody get on Twitter right now! I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's know. why I'm glad we grew up when we did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he convinced the director, but the lead also worked on uh, the music in this movie. He did a couple of songs like in this film. One being the Don't Panic song that you hear. It's got a female singing in it, but it's like hard to hear what he's saying, but it is so earwormy. It sucks. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to have to put it in a video for fucking promoting this week's episode. And I'm probably going to have like a like a hairbrush and dancing around or something. <laughs> Drink a Diet Pepsi or something. Like singing in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see my tits. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but he, he composed some of the movie's uh, music. He also did so for Grave Robbers. But I don't know. It's just one of those songs which will either give you night terrors or make you break out in a funky dance. You dig? Okay. <laughs> Picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. So we do have some scenes that we're going to try to go over as fast as we can. This movie is just chock full of crazy shit, dude. Like immediately, like I was cutting jokes like with like Chris, uh, Christina, I think watched it with me. I can't even remember if I watched it with her or not, but I just remember immediately writing jokes when I was taking right. notes. It, it, it's one of those movies that like it's perfect for beer and pizza with your friends. Right. Oh, it is 100 percent because you don't have to really pay attention. But if you do, you'll get rewarded with a bunch of weird shit and a, a bunch of weird overacting. Like, for example, Michael's celebrating his first birthday in Mexico, and it looks like everyone had a lot of drinks, so they're leaving and going to bed. His his mom is, like, really cool and let him have this party at 17 and let everybody get drunk. She didn't even give a fuck. That's pretty cool. But, you know, they had to leave early a little bit, and then his friends surprise him with a Ouija board when she goes to Brett, goes to, to sleep, his mom, and they're like, and he's really mad until they go, oh, and we also brought the new girl, Alexandra... And that's when she like pops out of the dude, back. And dude, the- literally was like the scene from Half Baked where like Snoop Dogg rises from the back of the stoop or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like- she pops up from behind the 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 couch cushions and you see like the glisten off of her brow. And I was like, oh. not eyebrows, but brow. <laughs> it's a brow. It's a high brow. Yeah. Anyway. So they blindfold him after an argument. And then keep in mind, his mom's supposed to be fucking asleep and she's not want anybody over. And he's like, we got to keep it down, though. We can't wake her up. And then, like, he's like, I promise I wouldn't play the Ouija board anymore. And one of his buddies, Tony, speaks to the entity named Virgil. And he's like, come on, Virgil, show him that you're real. Show him. And they start making fun of him because nothing happens. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Like, and I'm like, well, clearly you just woke up the mom. Like, <laughs> I'm super serial, guys. He was like really fucking amped up about that. Oh, I yeah. thought he was going to stab someone in the head. <laughs> like, I thought the demon was coming out right then and there. Why don't you tell him who Virgil really is? Yeah, he's Satan. He's like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> So then, like, like the planchet moves, and they figure out somebody's somebody. I forget what what did it spell out something or 
Uh, no, it like pointed at one of them, remember? Oh, that's right. He said, who is like wooing over Alexandra? And it pointed to fucking Michael. And he was like, fuck this game. <laughs> and then his mom comes down. It's like, all right, everybody, get out. Get the fuck out. And they get out. And then like. Wait, wait, hold on real One quick. of the guys who's leaving pours fucking like alcohol on the board. He's like, yeah, take that seat. <laughs> right. So, like, I'm sorry, it just, just sparked a memory. I'm going to say it real quick. So, uh, it's just funny because my parents were that cool, too, when I was younger, when the year 2000, New Year's hit. Year 2000. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, 3000, but whatever. Whatever. So, my parents, since they didn't want me to go out because they thought the world was going to end, they got us. They got me and like four of my friends. A Some third, like cocaine. No, and they. Shit. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Do a line, honey. I see. Show mama how proud you are. They got us a thirty pack and just let us chill. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it, that's it was pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if it was you know maybe heroin or something, it would have been a lot cooler. But yeah, that's a cool story. <laughs> cool story. Dude. Cool story, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's funny because like the the Ouija board does move afterwards when he pours the alcohol on it. That Rob guy does it. Yeah, he's like, "Have a drink, Satan." Yeah, have a drink, Satan. Real funny, buddy. You just fucking killed all your friends. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Way to be funny, Rob. Turn everything into a fucking joke, you piece of shit. Anyway, the next day, Michael's late for class and has to trade the guard his best porno mag. Yeah! And then it kicks into fucking happy music, and he's, like, riding his BMX. Oh, and he knocks over all the bikes. He's so cool. I think that was more just him just rushing than uh, him yeah, trying it, to knock over yeah, the Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's just stupid looking. You know what I mean? Like, But I do think they portrayed being, a, like, a teen and being like, oh, I'm sneaking. Like, the way you were right. sneaking under the class windows and, like, the doors and shit. And I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing that if I was right. young. And it's funny, too, because, like, he runs into his, the new girl, Alexandra, and she was dragging her head on the floor because her unibrow is so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm sorry. Hey, for, I, I don't mean to make bad. fun of your people, okay? You know, you know, I don't care. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, so Michael asks uh, the girl, because she's late for class, too, because I guess they were all up late, you know, fucking with Satan and shit. So they had to skip, and he asks her to come with her, and they go and have ice cream at the mall? Yeah. For breakfast? He's like, do you want to have breakfast? And they eat ice cream. And then he watches her suckle on the fucking ice cream. <laughs> and he gets all turned on. He gets a little fucking... Dude, the sombreros. The sombreros. Oh, that's right. They get the pictures taken with the sombreros in the mall. Yeah. Dude, and that I, made me think about it because you know how sombreros are technically like, oh, that's really low taste, dude. You really shouldn't do that. This is a Mexican director doing that. And they were wearing sombreros in Mexico. So all you Z's out there, don't try to cancel anybody. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just saying, like, it was a different time. But, you know, clearly it wasn't like, cancel those white people. Right. Well, maybe they're Mexican, so it didn't matter. It was New Mexico. <laughs> no, it was Mexico City, dude. I thought it was New Mexico. No, they're in they're in, well, they're in Mexico for sure when they shot the movie. Okay. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Don't fuck with me, dude. Don't fuck, I, with, I, my, I, don't fuck with my I, facts. I, I fuck I'll fuck with everything. I, swear I fucks to, with you. I, I fucking watched it. Tw- kind of watched it twice. <laughs> you fell asleep on it twice. 
<laughs> my, my 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 eyes got red and blurry. <laughs> but I thought it was just kind of funny, and they like fall in love, and they end up like not just having breakfast, but they spend the whole fucking day together. And then he goes over to Harry as Tony's like puking in the toilet, and he tells him that he went on a date with that new girl, and Tony's like, "Oh, dude, that's so cool, man! Like, give her a rose." A magic rose. Not just any rose. Yeah. If you really love her, give it to her and tell her. As long as you two love each other, the rose will never wither. Wait, did I say that right? Never wither? Wither? Never wither. That's kind of hard to say in a row. Wither? Never wither. Never wither? Yeah. Never never wither. Which is like this huge pinnacle point of the whole fucking movie. But it drags to the end, which is this romance thing. That night, Michael ain't feeling so hot. So while he's tossing and turning, a bloody mutant fucking hand busts through the ceiling and starts dripping blood all over his face. And he wakes up and his eyes are red. This is the first time we see his red eyes. And he sees one of his friends die. I'm like, is it a dream? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like when I first saw this. Next next day at lunch, he sees uh, old uh, Browski getting kissed on by some dude and he was going to give her a rose and it's like this real sad sulky moment where he goes to a corner of a fucking classroom and he puts down the rose and it was like, like a stairwell or something right no he was in a classroom i think and she was like do you he was just a friend and he, she's like you knew that michael I, I love you it's like dude you guys just met like right. calm the fuck down you know that was your side piece shut up yeah, like Jesus, and they kiss, and then he hands her a rose, and she goes with him, and they fucking bang like fucking wild animals. He's like writing, sh- it's like writing fucking you bitch slut on her back with his feces, <laughs> and like fucking shitting on her neck and stuff. Spitting and- on her. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not good. Sambo. All right, yeah. I'll see what happens when I fucking I get out. Of- I can't. My filter is not very good. It's all right. I like it. Anyways, they kiss. I mean, they have sex, and I think he even at one point shaved off her brow. He's like, let me fix this, which was really sweet. And that night, Michael slips into his eight-year-old pajamas, which is the perfect setting. A literally blue, white, and red dino pajamas. Like, what the ever-living fuck is he wearing? He wakes up, his eyes are red again, and it's like he can't see, so he's like waddling around the room like an idiot. It doesn't really make sense. He's just like really amped up, like on like... Some dream shit. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Too much Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they had it back then. It was. It would have definitely been like um, uh, Ritalin. Ritalin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he can see his friend, one of the other girls, who's getting stabbed repeatedly. Guess how many times? 13. 13. Such an awesome And uh, with a finishing stab to the forehead, which is also pretty nice. And he tries to wipe his face, but the, the water is blood. Like, he goes to the sink, and he's like, oh, my God. It's, like, one of those things that we've seen in, like, It and shit like that in the 90s. And, like, yeah. and then it then it isn't. And then that old, you know, blood water magic goes away. It's, like, disappearing blood magic. <laughs> Whatever. Water makes everything better. Yeah. Hello, Eddie. <laughs> Whatever. Disappearing ink. Uh, then, <laughs> but, yeah, so his, his red eyes don't go away, so he has to wear sunglasses at night to spy on his girlfriend. Sorry. But the cool thing is they had that moment where he's like sitting with his mom at breakfast and like she's like, Why are you wearing sunglasses? Oh, we're you know, all the guys at school, we're gonna wear our sunglasses. Sunglass day, mom. 
She's like, oh, okay, whatever, I guess. And then he's like, oh, mom, there's a face coming out of the television behind you. And she's like, what? He's like, oh, never mind, I gotta go. And since you, you touched on that point about the television thing, like, dude. It's like, or- Christy's gonna die tonight. You gotta save her. Right. But that television scene where the face comes out of it. It's pretty good. Pretty damn good for the time Mad it George, was released. Dude. Mad George. Like, fuck, dude. That, that was probably one of the best looking uh, special effects they did in the movie. One of my favorites is always going to be the demons, too. No, I'm talking about within this movie. Right. But I'm just saying in general, like one of my favorite TV. There's the, the Freddy run. There's the Demons 2 one. There's this one. There's a couple others that did it. I think there was like Videodrome that was kind of like that. It was almost like the reverse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've always been infatuated with like that. Because like I think most of my adolescence, that was my God. <laughs> so like, you know, there you, did a, you did. Yeah, there you go. That's even another kind of like, you know, sort of thing. But. But yeah, he's like, oh, fuck, well, I got to save Christy, I guess. And then class, his teacher, he like has this waking dream. She's trying to warm him about, you know, while blood's pouring out of this other girl's head, (laughs) (laughs) which is really weird because she's acting like nothing's going on. So it is very fucking Elm Street here. Come on. Right. Oh, very. This is totally Elm Street. Like uh, at lunch, he's his eyes still haven't changed back and he's avoiding Alexandra's girlfriend and some dickhead is like pushing him around. And they go back to normal at the eye doctor, which the eye doc is like, what's uh, with these visions you were talking about? And he's like, well, besides that, my eyes turn red <laughs> and blurry. Yeah. <laughs> and the doc is like, ah, it's obviously mental. And you are the cause of this to his mom. <laughs> and she's like, this is the funniest shit that made me crack up. She's like, there's something I, that you should know. I have a drinking problem. And then it cuts. She knows she's like, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious too. This is what I'm saying. And we're like, we're of a like mind sometimes. There's something I need to tell you. I have a drinking problem. Oh my God. She knows she was like, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> what fucking mom or dad didn't in the 80s? You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus. I think that's a problem. I think a lot of parents aren't drinking anymore. Yeah. I mean, why aren't they beating kids enough? Yeah. You guys need to beat kids. <laughs> And All right, crack more enough. bottles. Okay. Like, <laughs> get let's some make, peen. Let's make this world right again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Please stop. <laughs> uh I just thought it was really funny. You took it to another level, but <laughs> uh but Mikey overhears his mom argue with his dad on the phone, who doesn't obviously care at all about his son because he didn't even show up until his seventeenth birthday to have drinks with his friends. I mean, what a prick. Um, he gets a call from Alice or excuse me, Alexandra, and he hangs up on her and proceeds to throw one of the fucking weirdest temper tantrums I've ever seen a fucking adult have. Dude, when he knocks over the fucking cup of pencil. <laughs> yeah, like eh. <laughs> he's like ripping his fucking his stupid race car fucking posters off the wall, like all stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love how he like he he makes eye contact with a pencil cup and he like you know what I mean for a split. Oh second. yeah, <laughs> it's like a two second delay before He's like, he you're knocks. going down, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the amount of fucking lazy acting that went on in that scene, yeah, made it so much better. Like it was just like it is just embarrassing. Like I would never want anybody to see that scene if it's, I was an actor. It's almost to the point where if this movie was shot with serious actors 
in like a serious tone, it wouldn't be good. Can you imagine if they redid it and they tried to do it as similar as that? <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't even think it will work out. But he hears on the TV that one of his friends got stabbed 13 times and he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Maybe this is real. Then he realizes that the teacher said to get Christy out of town before midnight. And he tries to, but her brother is like, what the fuck are you wearing? He's like, it's, which is a good question. Like he's wearing pajamas. Like, what the fuck are you wearing, dude? You're fucking 27 years old. You're still in high school. You're dating a fucking 12 year old. Like, <laughs> that was going to hurt her. With man. a huge unibrow. There's problems here. But any- <laughs> so he tells him to get the fuck out of there. And then he goes to her work to tell her. And I'm like, wait. You knew she was at work? Why didn't you just go there first? Which makes no sense. They didn't even cover that gap. No. They didn't explain it unless John said it, and I didn't realize it, but I guess a girl he met two days previous that he knew nothing about, he just knows where she works all of a sudden, because that's how it works. Even in this day and age of information, I wouldn't be able to figure that shit out, but somehow he did. He didn't have Google. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't have any kind of stalkery apps that he could figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, he just knew. Questions. <laughs> but he's, like, trying to warn her, and he goes to the hospital where she works, and his eyes keep turning red so he can't see, and he's, like, wandering around like a fucking idiot through this hospital and, and, and that's screaming. One of the things that, like, really confused me. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Is he always seeing through the eyes of the killer, or is it only sometimes? No, I think he's always seeing whenever they decide to kill. Right. Whenever they turn red. Okay, because when his eyes were red and he was, like, riding his bike down the street, was like, how the fuck are you seeing I, where you're going? Man? I don't think this movie is has, has thought out anything that long. No. You know, they just trying to do it, you know, get it done. <laughs> this isn't fucking M. Night Shyamalan, all right? Shyamalan, ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Memento, okay? Like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile Chris is being chased by the demon guy who's trying to find her but he's stopped by a guard and he tells like Michael's stopped by the guard and he tells her that someone's trying to kill her and he's it's almost midnight and the guard's like oh call the lab and she doesn't answer so he's like you're a fucking piece of shit and Michael's dragged off while a, a bloody arm stabs Christy to death with the same dagger 13 times and it's like oh shit so now Michael's being chased and it's it's Tony. You find out it's Tony pretty early on. It's like, oh, so Tony's possessed. He got Virgil in him, and it's actually Satan. And so Michael jumps out a window <laughs> on the second story, which is pretty fucking great in his fucking PJs. Dude, that, that was so, that scene. He's like, it's me. It's your friend Tony. Dude. I'm the one that told you those pajamas were pretty cool. First of all, like... You know, we talk about Bruce Willis doing some pretty crazy shit when we were kids. Fuck him. <laughs> this dude was wearing PJs jumping out a fucking window, dude. <laughs> right. Onto the fucking ground. I'm sure he had a fucking slice of fucking unhappy in his neck or back or something. I don't know what it was. Yippee Kaye. You know what I mean? So, but he climbs back in his bedroom window and this is where it gets really bad, guys. Like, this is the cringiest fucking shit in the whole fucking movie. He instantly turns to the age of, like, fucking eight years old. And even the way his mother coddles him. Right. Well, she first thinks that he's trying to jump out the window. Like, she came in on him as he's about to jump. And she's like, no, Michael, don't jump. And he's like, what? No, Mom, I'm not trying to jump. And she's like, oh, my baby. Oh, my baby, baby. And he's like, oh, no, no, mommy, mommy. (laughs) 
the way he like holds her to her, her bosom and like cradles his head i'm like oh god i was not expecting her to break out her breast and him suckle on it that was weird yeah it was it kind of broke the scene a little bit a little bit but she leaves and calls the doctor because like you know obviously it's michael's having problems not you know and she maybe it's her drinking problem but he's gotten worse, so she she has him come right away, and the doctor shows up and tries to give him a shot and um, knocks him out. And that's when Krista's brother shows up with a fucking shotgun walking through his fucking big-ass window that his mom thought was going to jump out the window and then, like, throws the shotgun on the, on the bed, picks him up and takes him out of his house out the window down a tree. That's some talent. He doesn't. He doesn't take him down the tree. Yeah, he does. He goes back like, oh, that's right. He does go down the front. But I thought he was going to go back out the window. I right. Was like, and, and dude, the way that whole scene was probably one of the funniest fucking scenes in the <laughs> the way he's carrying the fucking shotgun. Right. Dude, it was fucking hilarious. It is pretty funny. Like, he's not a very big, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy where, you know. There's a couple of fucking things that happen, like, because they, they go to save their friend Rob after he can... Vince's John that 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 the demon is real or Satan's real because he has to prove it to him because he thinks he's fucking with him and so the television comes to life and it's like John or Michael help me it's Tony I'm a white milk face fucking I'm coming out of the TV oh help me he's like you got to stop my physical body and then he's like all right I'm in I'm in Michael. So they go down to drive and get Rob Roberto and Roberto's laying on the ground fucking dead or so they thought, but he's just drunk on tequila. So they pick him up in his whitey tighties and then drag his ass down to their car. And he's like, Hey man, what the fuck, man? Like I don't even have pants on. So Michael goes up to get him pants. And while Michael's getting the pants for too long, by the way, John's outside and is like, I'm going to go to the liquor store with a fucking shotgun. And so the guy at the counter is like, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. And he was like, how much for the cigarettes again? Just take them. Just take them. He's like, all right, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> that was like, it wasn't even supposed to be intentional comedy, but that's like, it's in there. Gold. Yeah, it's funny shit. There's dumb shit. And while he's in there getting cigarettes, he gets his fucking Roberto or Robert gets his fucking neck cut by the fucking demon. And then the demon appears behind fucking John while he's sitting in the front seat who doesn't realize that fucking Robert's dead. And he's like, hey, Johnny, do you believe in Satan? (laughs) I don't know if it's just me, but I'm the type of person that always looks in the backseat. Right. Regardless. I don't understand. I would never understand. I'd never. Even in Cthulhu Mansion, they slip out a fucking thing and they're all laying down in the backseat. I'm like, how would they have not seen that? Right. It's that's just my main thing. No matter what, I always check the backseat regardless. There was this really cool scene, though, like when. John sees the demon. He like, he's like, the demon's out here, Michael. The demon's out here. And he shoots the fucking gun, the shotgun. That shotgun shot actually hit the fucking director in the face. No. They're dummy rounds. They're not real, but it still hurts. Yeah. It hit him in his eyes. Jesus. And then they had to spend two hours trying to go find somebody else who had dummy rounds, you know, because he shot it and he shouldn't have when he shot at the camera and he hit the director in the face. <laughs> Which is funny. I thought that was funny. 
Um, so then the fucking, oh, that's right. The demon fucking sticks the fucking dagger up through fucking John's mouth, like under his chin, up into his mouth. Which was the other scene that was well done. That was a, that was the gore scene, which, yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, they do that. That's screaming mad George though. So he did a really good job there. That was a really good scene right there. And then he pulls it out. He dies. And then the car starts up and just starts chasing Michael down the street for no reason. And the cops are like, they pull over Michael and he's like, they're trying to kill me. And he's like, who is? He's like, the red car. And it pulls up and they, they find all the bodies in it. And Michael runs away and they're like, what the fuck? And the car tries to hit the cops. So I was like, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? <laughs> like, this movie's out of control. One of my next favorite scenes. This is another great scene, by the way. Michael goes over to Alexandra's house. And 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 in, in true, like, stereotypical fashion, her father is some sort of, like, hoity-toity fucking oh the dinner party scene yeah dignitary you know who's having like dinner with the mayor because he always has dinner with the mayor the only thing this guy was fucking missing is a fucking monocle dude <laughs> he did look like the fucking monopoly guy oh yeah if he would have had a top hat and a fucking monocle he would have fucking <laughs> <laughs> just collect two hundred dollars complete the look but michael goes over there and he's like look i just came to talk to fucking alexandra i'm so sorry i interrupted and he's like and the mayor's like, oh, have him sit down. Have him sit down with us and have dinner. And he's like, well, uh, yes, have a seat, Michael. Sit. And so Michael's like, well, no, I really got to go. Like, there's a demon chasing me. I like, yeah, I, got, I really got there's time. a lot of bad shit going on. I really don't have time to fucking sit down and have a meal. And so they force him to do it anyway. And he pulls out a gun and starts shooting everything because his vision's gone suddenly again. And his eyes turn red and it scares everybody at the table. And he's firing the gun to try to get everybody to shoot the demon. But he's just shooting the wall and stuff. And then he was like, he tells Alexandra, he's like, come with me. Just shut up. I don't have time to explain. Just come with me. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Would you go with somebody that came to your house and shot up your fucking house, Patrick? Like, no. You know what I mean? Like, that's out of control shit, dude. Yeah, out of the blue, it's like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> but that's that's what I love about this movie is it just goes there. Like, it it's doesn't have any rails, any yeah. reason to have done that, but it did it, and they and he had to do it in, like, the best way, where his father's a dignitary, like, some sort of debutante, <laughs> whatever the fuck he is with his monocle. Like, if someone told me, if someone shut up my fucking house and was like, just, I don't have time to explain, just get in. I'd be like, fuck you, you crazy looking eight year old with demonic red eyes who can drive, drink, and wear dino PJs. Like, get the fuck out of my face. You're freaking me out. All right. <laughs> and he's wearing his PJs in this part, wasn't he? Or I don't remember. No, I, I think he no, changed. He, he changed when he went to uh, the guy, the shotgun wheel. He went to Tony's house. house. Yeah. yeah, he went to Tony's house. It wasn't Tony's house. Yeah, it was. Was it Tony's house? Yeah, when they went there. Oh, because the, they went there looking for Tony. Yeah, because and then they he was like to stay there and wait. Yeah. So they get into a warehouse. They just chase each other around. Michael tells Alexander to leave, all angry after he told her to come with her. Like literally, like three minutes later, he's like, "Come with me, we gotta go." And then he's like, "Get the fuck out of here, you stupid bitch." And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is he dragging her through this? Like, why did you need to go to the house to protect her? Is that why? I, I'm guessing that's what it was. Oh, dude. So then you see, like, the demon Virgil, or Satan himself, rather, taunting them as they're running around. It's suddenly a large concrete block out of nowhere. Literally out of nowhere. There is no reason 
for this thing to have hit Michael on the back, but it just falls on his back and he falls down and the demon is like talking shit to him and he like has him follow him and then he runs and pulls a lever and drops some fucking heavy ass object on top of the demon or Tony or whatever. <laughs> Kelly was fucking cracking up at that point because they're like <laughs> they they focus in on the scene where there was like they show you the lever and it's like up oh and yeah down. yeah and yeah like, good thing she was like good thing that thing was labeled <laughs> <laughs> you're right <laughs> the demon is like stuck under this and he and um the demon lifts Michael into the air as Alexander and the detective walk in surprised and she ends up stabbing the demon in the chest. <laughs> And Michael falls to his death. And the detective is like, I'm sorry, baby. Like, what? Why would he say, I'm sorry, baby? Oh, the detective. Yeah. Oh, now that you mentioned that. Okay. It's because they were trying to make him seem like, you know, some cool detective. Like, I'm sorry, baby. (laughs) You know, but they never developed that character whatsoever in this movie. So it just felt off. It felt really, yeah. Like, like, uh, what so you guys are in love now i mean that's how love works in this movie i guess <laughs> so maybe they're in love now because she spent two minutes with him <laughs> uh that scene was really good because it it was pretty long she i mean it, it was like a good two minutes you see her sitting there just crying and holding michael and like the detective at one point just walks away <laughs> yeah he's like all right i'm done with this <laughs> i'm shit. done with this She's like, why, why, why? Tony's like dying body is like, I'm sorry. And he actually never comes back too, which I thought was fucking awesome. I was like, oh, dude, he can't come back from that. Like, just kill him. Like, that's kind of ahead of its time. Like, if you think about it, like they normally would bring somebody back. It kind of reminded me. I don't know if you remember the gate Two. Yeah. Where they, everybody dies and then like they come back and the fucking funeral for, and they're like, whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> it's like, you know, the end of the movie. I was expecting that to happen, but no, she throws this wilted rose down on the fucking, on the, on the, the casket, the, the casket and the, the petals aren't wilted. Like he said, and you hear Michael say, as long as the petals aren't welted, then it means our love is still strong. I have a bond with you now, Alexandra. I'm in your unibrow. (laughs) (laughs) Don't shave me. And so then her and the magical unibrow go off and then part two, which is called Don't Shave It. Uh, but that's that's the uh, the end of the movie where that happens and everything like that. Apparently, the director was like panicking the night before and didn't sleep at all because he didn't know if he liked the ending of it or not. But he said in the end, he feels like it's like a really romantic kind of thing, you know, so it kind of works. But either way, I'm glad he killed Michael. One, because of the PJs <laughs> and two for the song. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Just kidding. No. <laughs> I, I kind of want to see his uh, Ratas uh, Nocturnus or whatever. and see. If, I, I don't know if it's a real film or not or like a full one, but um, I don't know. I just like that the that Michael died. It's a spark of genius for me. Like, honestly, nobody did that back then. So right. it's just kind of cool. Um, but we do have another movie that we're going to talk about. And th- like I said, this is going to be a long episode. Jesus Christ. I'll try to cut out some of the fodder, but... Uh, uh, we won't go over every scene of the next movie. We'll just kind of break it down. Plus, you always have timestamps down below. So what am I complaining about? You can figure it out, right? Yeah. Do you know numbers? <laughs> Dude, that movie's good, though. That's oh, pretty it's funny. It's pretty good. That's it's uh, why I say 6.57. 
That's a pretty good one. Seven, you know. We'll give it. We'll well with my score combined, seven and a half. I still think that uh, creatures, uh, creature from the abyss, creatures from the abyss is is better. And you need to watch that. I had to pick that up before it went out of print because like it's hard to it was hard to get. Mm. And I was like, I'm buying that shit. Kind of like the movie we we're about to watch. I haven't watched yet. We have seen it. What? But next week's episode. Oh, uh, we'll talk about that later. You don't have to mention that. Okay. They're, they're probably getting a 4K for that one. Uh, so the next movie we're going to talk about is Cthulhu Mansion from 1992. It was inspired by the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. A group of drug-dealing petty criminals fleeing from the police take a magician and his daughter hostage. But once they reach his mansion, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Director and screenplay writer Juan Piquer Simon as J.P. Simon back then. He originally started out in 1964, but became world famous after doing a Jules Verne inspired movie called Where Time Began in 1977. He also did Satan's Blood, Pieces, Slugs, which is really good. Pieces and Slugs are some of my favorites. And The Rift. Do you remember The Rift we watched? Yeah. Where they had the like alien special effects team mm-hmm. that were like blowing up all those space creatures down there. I still want to get it, but it's a rare Blu-ray now, so you can't get it anymore, man. They'll they'll do a, re- a little release. Again. I hope so because I it's kind of a boring film a little bit, but there is some really cool fucking like destruction and creatures and shit. And I, I've noticed that with most slow burns, there's most of them have a payoff in some form or another. Oh yeah, there's always a money shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta get that money shot. Anyway, there's also writer Linda Moore who did additional language. She actually went on to become a production administrator who worked on animated films like Dexter's Lab, The Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, Scooby Doo, and so many more. Pretty much what I was raised on. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole era. Some of the cast in this movie are Frank Finlay, who uh, played uh, Shandu, the uh, magician. Shandude. <laughs> That's the one a guy calls him. He started acting in 56, but some of his uh, genre work includes In the Devil's Garden, The Exorcism of Hugh. He also played Van Helsing in a TV production of Count Dracula, which makes sense. He did Ring of Darkness, Enigma, Ghost Hunter, Silent Cry, Life Force was a big one. Uh, It also stars Marsha Layton, who plays his daughter as well as his wife, because they looked alike. She did an episode of Jeeves and Wooster, an episode of Screen One, and the the movie called The Princess stallion and that's it luis fernando alves played chris the brother of uh captain kirk's uh daughter oh william shatner yeah of william shatner yeah the shat man yeah he was in death in the compass less is more casquelas and a bunch of spanish work that i didn't recognize there was also brad fisher who played hawk his first role here as well he did a movie called The Coed Call Girl, Red Shoe Diaries, The Party Crashers, Rude Awakening 2 episodes. We also got Melanie Shatner, who plays Eva. She's obviously the daughter of William Shatner we've been talking about. She played Yeoman in Star Trek The Final Frontier and in Voyage Home. She was also in Subspecies 2 and 3, Perversions of Science TV show, Mercy Point, The First Power, which... I think I forget what his name. Don the Dragon Wilson was in that movie, The First Power. You remember him? No. 
uh, he was an eighties, nineties guy. He was, she was also in Sinjinor, by the way, which is another movie that I need to pick up. I think it has multiple names. So we also got, uh, Kathy Cherney who played Candy, her first role. She was a big, this was also her first role. She was in a bit part with Intimate with a Stranger and a movie called In Love and War. Also starring Paul Burchard, who plays Billy, uh, who was in King Solomon's Mines. It was kind of like an Indiana Jones ripoff. The Jacket, Alien Autopsy, 1408, Outpost, Black Sun, The Flu That Killed 50 Million, and Backdraft 2. They made it two. Did they? Yes. Also, we have Frank Brana, who plays Felix the Mute, or the Strongman. He was in a lot of the director's movies, by the way. Pretty much every single one. He was a friend and famous actor. He was in Return of the Evil Dead, Crypt of the Living Dead, Django Does Not Forgive. Quite a few Sartana movies. A lot of the um, sort of spaghetti western stuff. Uh, and Westerns in general. He was also in Santo and the Mystery of the Black Pearl. And Where Time Began, Pieces, Slugs, and more. Patrick, what did you think of this movie? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. Uh, and there's probably a reason to that. Really? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll get to. Well, uh, spit it out. Uh, first of all, the way it kicks off, dude, with the it kicks off with the the main or I wouldn't I, I guess main one of the main characters is, which is the magician showing some of the tricks he did while while he was his wife was still alive. <laughs> it's just funny. That he, intro was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where they're doing magic. You don't it. have to explain it. Don't don't spoil it. Okay. It's, it's one of the best things in the movie. Right. It, it, there's there's assistant in the background with a... Oh, wait. So I should not talk about that? Well, you can be general about it, but don't say what happened. Okay, so let's just skip that. Yeah, it just, there's a tragic event that happens at the very beginning of the movie that you should just enjoy for they, yourself. They don't even... It's, don't. This, some we'll, of the, we'll some of the speaking that he did in that beginning part, I want to use in the podcast. Like, I feel oh, like... Oh, yeah. It's so good, like, and his acting is spot on in that part. There's a couple of clips in this. I was like, I'd like to sample that. Right. But uh, overall, this this film, uh, I actually I enjoyed it. But like I said, it, it's probably because it recalls me to something, a certain cult classic film that most of you guys out there know. It's it's pretty much a household name now, which okay. I'll get to later. But uh, House? No. What? We'll, we'll get to it. Well, you got to say it. Oh, You want me to say it? Well, it's not a spoiler, Let's is just it? Say this. You can explain the spoiler part later. What does it remind you of? It, there's a lot of aspects of this film that really recall Evil Dead. Really? A lot. Okay. To the point where I was like, this guy had to be a huge Evil Dead fan. I don't feel that way at all. I know you don't. And, I, and that's why I remember when I was talking to you on the phone when we were we, we talked the night before, and I was like, I, I can't wait till you watch it because there's certain vibes in there I want to see if you pick up on, which you obviously I did. mean, everybody was inspired by Evil Dead in some regard, but I just don't, I don't, I don't buy into that it was uh, mimicking it necessarily. You know what I mean? No. It, like I'll show you the well, after the podcast I'll show you the scenes that are well we'll, we'll talk about those scenes yeah. in the spoiler section but but it, this film I think it was fun it's corny it's the 80s it, it was early 90s I believe actually yeah this 92 but like every generation it bleeds into the next for the first couple of years before that genera for that becomes its own or whatever but um 
I thought it was fun. It's a good watch. Uh, is it so bad it's good? It teeter- not really. It teeters between the two. It has its moments, but not right. Yeah, it's not good. I, I I would probably watch it again. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Yeah, but it's not the best by any means. All right. <laughs> bad times. Gonna have some bad times. <laughs> uh. But overall, it, I think it, it, it did well. Okay. It, it wasn't the best. Well, it seems like you're struggling a little bit more with this one than you are the other one. No, Yeah, I, I teetered a little bit on this one. That's okay. why I'm saying I was kind of in the middle on this one. But it is definitely a film I would watch again. Uh, I, there's definitely a lot of one-liners. Stupid shit, too. Yeah. It's definitely, like, these two films, I think, are a good pairing. What did he call the old guy? He called him... Uh... Shan dude and Popeye, the other guy, isn't they call him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they call him Popeye. <laughs> the fuck, <laughs> little shit, <laughs> mouthy little shit. I mean, as far as special effects goes, the, the, some of the stuff in there is good. Okay. Uh, I think some of the other stuff, like I was saying, like it, it definitely brought me back to some of the scenes that I had seen before from films like Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh. The sound design, oh my god, I thought it was great. I really liked the music and the atmosphere that they've poured into the music in the, on this film. Okay. I have some thoughts about that. What would you give it a score of? On this one, I would say, just on a simple fact, since it is teetering between those two realms of so bad it's good and horror, like straight up horror, uh, I would give it a 6.57. Really? Wow, man, I feel bad. Like I, I remember this movie from a long time ago uh, on Cinemax back in the day. Right. This is was on a lot actually, so I've I've seen it quite a lot. Um, but somehow this this time watching it is kind of forgettable for me. Like it really is a forgettable movie. There's a couple. It, yeah, I see what you're saying. Let it's me, got a few. Let things. me adjust it then. I would say six six point five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's your score, not mine. Yeah, six six point five. Okay. In that middle realm. All right. Well, middle for me is five, five. Okay, so we'll say we'll say five. No, you can't keep changing it up. Patrick. Well, no, what no, no. Uh, this, he's he's rusty, guys. Forgive I am him. rusty, but okay. Since we are, let, let's just do this. Since we are dabbling in that middle realm here, we'll say five point five six. <laughs> it's teetering on a five point five. So you went six. from a seven point five to to five point five. I'm rusty, like you said. So, like what I'm saying. It is. It, it's in that middle realm, which right. it, it could be so bad it's good, but it's still trying to be a true. Well, I give this movie film. an eight. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Anyway, so I don't know. It's just got a few things going for it, but nothing that really leaps out at you and goes for it. You know what I mean? Like I've seen Spookies, and I was I, like, like I appreciate the creativity of Spookies. This kind of has the same kind of vibe to it, right? Or something like Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, but that's an anthology. But it reminded me of one of the segments in there anyway, so you, you, you get the point. But this one is just rather tame in comparison to the other movie we watched. It just feels kind of flat and just kind of, eh. There are a few acting moments that I will say shine over Don't Panic, but that's not hard to do. <laughs> no, not you know, th- this one has a pretty twisty story of a bunch of thugs who get in trouble to take a magician and his daughter hostage at a carnival and then to their home. But their house is haunted by H.P. Lovecraft. Well, sort of like 
homage Lee. I, I, I don't know. This movie's done in like 80s or kind of like 80s. Well, definitely 90s. Like it's definitely breaching into the 90s because of some of the dialogue. But it also has like a 40s style of music right. and like classicalness to it. Mm-hmm. Which is really, uh, it has this weird dichotomy to it that I don't know if I could get into. See, that's what, that's the kind of thing that kind of toned, like, tuned me into, like, Evil Dead because some of it's just so odd and just kind of wacky. Well, the music right off the bat for me, like, even in the menu of the fucking disc from Vinegar Syndrome, it plays like a 40s song. Right. And it sounds like some sort of epic fucking 50s, 40s something, you know, movie. That would have been a big picture back in the day on the big screen. And uh, what film did that? Mm, Evil Dead. <laughs> no. Yeah. Tor- remember the. End I know of- what you're talking about at the end, but no, it's different. I don't. I don't agree with you on that, man. I'm sorry. I, there's a lot, and I'll get to it. But I have. I have my notes here. We'll get to them. There's barely any gore in this. There is a few silly deaths and a few neat things they do, but most of the characters are kind of meh. And it really just kind of annoys you rather than push you along. But, you know, like the characters are supposed to be dickheads and you're supposed to be like kind of rooting for him to get killed by the end. So I, I understand. They're like those quintessential like punks that you would, you know, you would see in cinema at that time. But compared to some of his other catalog of movies that I've seen, this one is not as good. Like, that's how I feel. And that's the way I look at it. I do love the intro to this movie, the one I was talking about. The the death, the speech, and everything is fucking awesome in that part. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I just wanted this baby to kind of unleash. And it just felt like it was like a little too fucking, hey there, fella, would you like to like make a horror picture? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was a little too classical for my for my tastes. Like, it really needed to be, especially saying anything Lovecraft, like, it does have its moments in there. There are some makeup effects and things that do pretty well in this movie, and there's some creepy parts, but then that's where it stops. It's like, happens, something happens, it's like, oh, it's gonna happen, and it's like, nope, that was the scene, we're done, I'm I'm over it. And and I'm not mad at it, you know, I'm just saying that the there's just some moments that could have just felt, felt a little lackluster, you know what I mean? No, just, I totally see what you're it, saying. It never fully sinks its teeth into something amazing, you know? It, it brings it to the cusp. Oh, it's it's not a bad movie. It's just average to me. That's yeah. all. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's not bad. Like, I would have some pizza, some beer, watch this movie. No problem. I'm glad I own it. It's a memory. I remember watching this on Cinemax back in the day, and I didn't hate it. It was just background fodder for the most part. Like right after Red Shoe Diaries, I'd start playing like yeah. old horror movies. Well, well yeah. <laughs> but it'd be the horror movies, and then it would be Skinamax. And then, yeah, that's when the Red Shoe Diaries Yeah, came that's on. when you get Layer the White Worm right on the cusp. <laughs> and then they would like have some weird fuck scene, you know? It'd be all feverishly masturbating. Fucking real sex and shit. <laughs> talking about like. Lady. That was HBO, though, huh? What's his name? True, uh, Dream On. They had that show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dream On was always like, whenever I see that little HBO symbol that's like with the static. Wow. It's like, and it's like, <laughs> so I always think of that when I see that static thing. I'll either go to that or Mr. Show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I give it like a five, maybe a 5.5. 5 yeah. Out of 10. I mean, I think Spookies is better than this. I, I personally but, haven't seen Spookies, but now that you say that, now I've, I'm intrigued. I enjoy Spookies more than this. I think this is paled in comparison. So, yeah, I'd probably say five. 
Yeah. Yeah. Five on this. And like, I don't know, Spookies. I don't remember what I gave Spookies, but I, it might need to come up now after I've seen this one because they're so very similar in, in a lot of ways. Okay. So um, combined score would be about a six. Yeah. So so you said set. Well, we'll, we'll I, I get my end score was a 5.5, possibly six. Okay. So five or six. Five, 5.5 5 or five or six. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to check it out, I mean, it it is up on uh, YouTube, but I always highly recommend people to go pick up the movie. If it's not for you, maybe wait till it is on a streaming service. I'm sure it will be on like Tubi or fucking Shutter or something at some point in time, as Vinegar Syndrome usually puts it up on those two, and particularly all the time, and even sometimes on uh, Amazon, I've noticed too, so... They kind of spread it around a little bit, but I've seen some like movies that just came out a couple of months ago up on Tubi. Oh yeah, yeah, from Vinegar Syndrome. It's pro- obviously it pays pretty well, you know. But but they have like five commercials each break, so it's like ten breaks of that, and then they're like making a million dollars a movie, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah, throw it up there, throw everything up there. In fact, I, <laughs> I'll be a billionaire by the fucking time I go to bed. Um, but yeah, we do have some trivia on this movie, and if you don't want anything spoiled, I highly recommend you wait and come back and check that out. But if you don't give a fuck, come along and ride with us. But here's your warning. So, this was a movie that was only shot in six weeks. End of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. to save your notes. No, man. I did. My notes fucking got deleted because if you have, I use Google Keep. Uh-huh. Is which is a great fucking app, by the way, to use on your phone, and it syncs with like the cloud. And so then, whenever you sign on on another device or go on your computer or whatever, and you want to type up notes there or whatever, it didn't save between the two. And so now I'm just realizing a couple of things on the disc that I found. I started to watch like the making of like it was like a documentary about the director, um, Simone. And like his history and like doing Jules Verne and all that other stuff is a really like hour long, hour and a half long documentary about this guy and his life. And I watched about 45 minutes of it. So it's pretty interesting. He's very big into fantasy um, horror movies rather than specifically just horror. And same thing goes with uh, Galindo Jr., he he also had the same sort of thing. And I think they kind of had a lot of the similar interests in some ways. So it's kind of interesting that we picked both of these movies because they both have that going for them, that they like to do fantasy sort right. of horror movies. And like I was saying, it's definitely a good pairing. Like yeah. if you wanted to watch these two together, uh, it would be a great night. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only other thing I could think that would match it better, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead. I don't know. Maybe with yeah. that one. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of trivia other than that. There was a commentary that I didn't get a chance to listen to. I've been dealing with a fucking sore-ass fucking jaw. I've been literally swishing fucking vodka in my mouth to to stop the pain from continuing on and, like, making me not focus and taking naps during the day with, like, fucking... It's been a pain in the ass. But we can talk about some of the scenes, and I'm sure that will fill out the rest of this episode since this is probably going to be an hour and 45-minute episode for you guys. So, um... But you do have timestamps down below if you don't care and you don't want to listen to any of the stuff. You can always go to the end of the podcast talk and find out what we're going to talk about next week. So, scenes. Patrick, what do you want to talk about right off the bat that you saw? Like, do you want to talk about that scene that I told you not to go over? Right. Yeah, let's do that because I we're like-minded and it seems like you probably laughed at that scene too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great. It was also, it was not, it was, I laughed at it. I also enjoyed it though too. Yeah. No, that, that like you were saying, like, the the lines that were spoken, the way it was shot. It, the main guy who plays Shandu 
Yeah, owned that fucking scene mm-hmm. in the beginning. That was a very strong opener. But <laughs> I had high hopes after seeing that shit that this was going to be way better than it was. Mm-hmm. But the, he has this assistant in the background with a fire extinguisher, and he's just so... Uh, what's the word for it? It's just so weird. Like, the way he kind of shuffles into the scene when he's in, when the his wife catches on fire to, like, put her out. He kind of had, like, this... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracked a half smile and kind of like, hey. <laughs> and then, like... Well, he realized that he fucked up with, like, fucking Cthulhu. Yeah. Because his wife... Because it was really weird because after... What happens in the in the beginning is is he does this, like... He's doing a show. He's doing a live show. And he says this really cool shit about going beyond... And I was like, holy shit, I like I would love to put that in the beginning of our episode. Like what he just said there almost fits exactly what our and podcast it's funny is. That you said that because I was thinking the same fucking thing. Yeah. I was like, this would be great for uh, this. I was intro. like, but I was like, but then it would be like taking it, but I might just, you know, put it in something slyly and just, you know, like have a couple of words because I liked it so much. That was mm-hmm. like one of my favorite things about the movie is quite literally that first scene. And that is probably the best thing about the movie, in my opinion. Uh, there is some ambitiousness to it, and I appreciate that. I like that that it went for the, you know, it swung for the fences. But when you set a fucking woman on fire from a fucking pentagram that's on fire behind her, and she's up in the air floating and levitating after a really cool speech, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. And when you don't come back to that and do something just as cool, you ruin. You should have saved that for last. <laughs> like that's the way I feel about it. I, I that's that's a thing though. You really couldn't save for last though. As far as I don't know, man. Character, it just feels like they wait. They blew their load too early, and like you got these aggro. That fucking hawk guy is kind of annoying, dude. You know, like yeah, that chin, dude. That's another thing that kind of draw. Like it was like he gets a chin like Bruce Campbell. Like he did the role well. I'm not trying to like diss on him as a person or anything like that. Like for his first role, he played the dickhead fucking you know leader of the gang. Right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's how you're supposed to play it. Yeah. He did it like any other fucking, you know, like the guy from fucking the 80s, uh, 1988, The Blob would have played like <laughs> or call. any of those fucking guys yeah, with the yeah. fucking mullet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Though? Like he did a really good job, but he's just kind of annoying. And so was so, so was fucking that the, the bigger chick, the Sandy or Candy. <laughs> and then fucking her. The girlfriend was fucking annoying. Shatner, Melissa right. Shatner, like Eva. Holy fuck, was she annoying? That one girl, though. She's what just was like it? constantly on edge, dude. Like, calm the fuck down. What was, uh, what was Billy's girlfriend's name again? The one you were just uh, the bigger girl. Oh, Candy. Candy. I hate the way she treats me. She treats me like I'm stir fried and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? She, but like the the main even chick, the 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 fucking Hawks technical boy, girlfriend, even though he fucks around with Candy in this movie, mm-hmm. she's like on. She's not even wrong about the things that she's upset about, but she's just annoying. Yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. But that again, the beginning was really awesome, and then the rest of the movie was just kind of like. I wouldn't go that far. I would say there's merit oh. in some of the stuff that okay. they've done. One scene that I really love is when Candy is, she's fucked the uh, the, the stupid guy. Right, in the kitchen and, scene. And she goes into the kitchen to get some food, and you see these big fucking hands, like, hiding Coming out, of the, out the, of the fridge on the door. It was a frigidaire. Yeah, and it pulls her into the fridge. I thought that was great. Dude, I that's one of the things I love about practical effects, because it looked real. 
Yeah, like, that it was, was in the scene. Right. And it looked off putting and like weird. That's what I'm saying. Like, that was cool, but there's really not that much that really happens other than the Chris guy who's upstairs yeah. who gets sick a couple of times and then at the, the end of the movie where they turn into the fucking the weird toad monster <laughs> who passes it to Shandu. Like, Did you notice they kind of almost looked like they were trying to do tentacles? It looked like they were trying they to They probably couldn't it. afford it. Yeah. Right. But it looked like they were trying to do tentacles to kind of connect that Cthulhu vibe but didn't quite get there. Yeah. I, I will say like uh, there's a couple of scenes that kind of drew me back to other films, like uh, when they go down into the basement. When they went to go, I forget what why Billy took her to the basement to search the house. Right. Okay. And he's like, "Let's have some fun. You and me have our own little personal party." And she opens the door. Early. Right. When they open that door, and it was like, "What the fuck? What mm. the fuck are you guys keeping there?" And he like shut the door, and they go back upstairs, and like she turned into a skeleton for a second, and it freaked Billy out. But later, there's a scene where they they kind of show that fucking cellar door, and smoking like, and, and the stuff. smoke coming out. It kind of reminded me of like a house on a haunted hill, okay. like the newer one, the one from the okay, yeah, like something in the heart of the basement, is right, like, like coming alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that is all cool, but if it doesn't lead to something cool, then it's really not cool. It's just it's just a fucking it's like a hand job that doesn't get you off. So. Let's draw back to what I was saying before, since we're already in like the spoiler section, and I'll tell you guys exactly what I was thinking when I was kind of drawing the fucking Evil Dead. So, first off, like I saw Hawk and that fucking huge chin of his, and like for some reason I was like, it's like some kind of fucking wish Bruce if chins Cam- could kill, right? It, some kind of wish Bruce Campbell impersonator. Nah. Well, that's just where my mind went. Wait, I was like, uh, when I saw the Bruce chin, is way too charismatic and well. I'm, t- not, I'm just saying look tacky. You know I, what I'm mean? saying look wise here, not so much the way they act, but like I saw that chin and I automatically went to Bruce Campbell. And then, uh, and can we get this out of the way? Fucking Billy looks like a fat fucking Billy Corgan. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I I kept I, kept, I mean like he does have some uh interesting features about him because right. he's kind of like the punk guy, but he also kind of reminds me of like a like a redneck kind of guy as mm. well, you know what I mean? Like like a punk redneck. <laughs> and like uh I don't know, he kind of reminded me of someone from my childhood, so I, I that that escaped me. I I didn't really And uh he's and- walking around his boxers in this movie, so ladies, get your panties out. Right. He looks hot. Or men, too, whatever. I like the way he looks in box. Anyways, so the sound design definitely recalled, like, like he was, like Alex was saying, a lot of, like, 1940s kind of, like, trumpet, brass and stuff going off, and it's just kind of weird and wonky music, and it just kind of reminded me of, like, Evil Dead, because I kind of did that shit. And the I'm talking about the first movie here. We're not talking about Evil Dead 2 or Army sure. Darkness. We're talking about the very first Evil Dead movie. And uh, I still don't see the comparison, but yes, continue. When watch this movie again, and you know the scene where the girl's freaking out and she just starts like throwing plants on the ground. Yeah, what was that all about? Well, first she grabs one of the plants and she's like, "One, he loves me. Two, he doesn't." Right. Because like Shandu gets in her head and he's like, "Hey, maybe he left." Because he just only cares about himself, and I think each of them all knew that deep down. That's all the fuck Hog gave a shit about was himself. Yeah. 
He did what he wanted when he wanted. Didn't tell anybody what was happening when he did it. He wasn't a team player. He was yeah. a fucking, he was a lone hawk. So she smashes all these pots of plants. And after she smashes all these planet pots or planet pots, planet pots. What the fuck am I saying? He's high as shit right now. Right. <laughs> uh, so after she smashes all these plants, like they kind of come to life a little bit and shake. But, and the sound effects that play during that scene, it was almost like the same as sound effects that came to play in Evil Dead when the forest came alive to rape that girl. Uh, I don't know, man. I think you're reaching, man. I think I'm you're trying to reaching. make a connection. I've watched many a time. I have too. What do you think? Think I'm some I brand think, new fucking... Right. I think you are brand new here. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... It's your opinion and it's not wrong. I'm just saying I don't agree. I, I know you don't agree, but I think you will. Just... If you there take- is there was a lot of films that I could have compared this to that I have and that I Spookies is one of them and it does not remind me of Spookies anything and Spookies does not remind me of Evil Dead right there are maybe some zombie parts or whatever that they you know might have like had some similarities to but I didn't catch it the only thing that I can tell you is is that with this guy Simone was more of a classical type. He he admired the old fantasy films from the 70s, the 60s and 70s. Do you understand what I'm saying? So like the center of the earth, Jules Verne type shit. And even when you go on further into the movie and the girl gets attacked by the plants, the way it was shot, right, was definitely... Well, reverse photography? Right. But with the plants and stuff, it was just a, a close connection. And it, it reminded me more of Scary Movie than it did anything else. Oh, shit, dog! <laughs> he, like, rolls him up and fucking smokes him. Right. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, ah, here's one scene you can't deny if you watch it and then compare it to The Evil Dead. So, that girl's brother, when he's all sick in bed. Chris. Gunshot, Chris, exactly. When he rises up from bed and is transformed into a demon, the way he laughs and even his voice reminded me of Harrietta from Evil Dead. Hmm. What's in my fruit cellar? It was like watching I mean, again, that it, laugh and even the way his face looks. That I mean, maybe I I don't know. I didn't catch that. I, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I like. I'm I, not. I'm not saying. I just picked up on something you weren't picking up on maybe but maybe you're desperately wanting to watch evil dead i don't know maybe part two maybe maybe (laughs) even the scene where like the dude like drives out to the fucking like remember when he's like i'm gonna go out to the i'm gonna get out of here right and like the way the angles that they use when he's going out to the car to drive out to the gate with the fog and the music it just all seemed very evil dead-esque this is probably why you like the movie a lot more than me that's I, what I'm I, saying, it, 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 and like, like maybe you're right. Maybe when you're obsessed with something, kind of like the movie Pie, it's like you just kind of see pie in everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> yeah. Max, you're not a math, you're not a mathematician, you're a mathematician. <laughs> you see one number, you see it everywhere. <laughs> you become obsessed. You need to take a bath. <laughs> oh, right, because of uh. Pag- uh Pythagorean or the like Pythagorean right where you weigh gold yeah like how you do mass like mm-hmm. how you weigh mass through through uh, uh 
matter or whatever. Like, exactly. He took a bath and the water spilled out. And that's how he knew, Max. That's how he knew. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a movie that you don't really watch that often because it's not like a, it's not like one of the, see, that's the thing. It's like I, I, one of the things I always try to figure out with movies is that, okay, so a good movie doesn't necessarily need to be rewatched all the time, right? Or is it? Like, is that a factor in a, in a, in a great movie? Like, is a number 10 a movie that you will watch consistently? Or, you know, cause there's movies that I find that do, you know, the acting perfect, the, the camera work perfect, the lighting perfect, the everything in this movie or like in a movie is like perfect, but it's just not interesting to me. You know what I mean? So it's like, I wouldn't say that I would watch it again, like me. again and again and again and again. Right. And this is kind of like I'm going to draw back towards what we were talking about hereditary or not hereditary midsummer is that it was it was good it was I think it was really good but it was so impactful but I don't feel like I need to watch it again There is a lot of uh of Ari Aster in that movie mm. and he went through a breakup when he wrote this so you can imagine and I have some theories that I put into our podcast and, and there was stuff that I missed that was been in there. Uh, so I, I'm probably going to pick up the 4K at some point just to have, you know, I'll watch it. I like Ari Aster. He's doing some other fucking thing later, but I'm just, you know, it's, I try to be fair to all these movies because it's like, what, when you really think about what is it that you like about a movie? It's like, you can't just look at a horror movie and go, is it scary? One to 10, you know, because no, not. Just because it wasn't scary to you doesn't mean you didn't enjoy it. Right. So there's, so there's that factor, too. Like, something might be not enjoyable, but super scary, but you're enjoying it because it's scary. Or it's just super bad, and you're laughing so hard at it that it becomes enjoyable, and you're like, holy shit, I could watch this again because I want to be in a good mood. I don't know. I just, I really like uh, some things in this movie there is some things in this movie that I think did it did right I like that he went out to the car and drove out in the middle of nowhere and had to come back and got lost in the fog I can see what you mean because it's kind of similar like they couldn't go anywhere but then you know a lot of these rules are like baked into people's subconsciousness without even really knowing it when they do it so a lot of times when people are making a movie, they may not know that they're borrowing. A lot of the directors I talk to are like, well, I didn't plan on it, you know, right. like to be that way. It's like, I just did it because you're probably right. Like subconsciously, I fucking thought about it that way because I love that angle. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I will say, dude, that sound design was very similar to Evil Dead. Like. I tell you to watch it again just to like pay attention to. But just then I would that. be bored, and I would have but, to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I mean, a five out of ten the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's a good movie. I, I enjoy it. I'm glad I have it. I would watch it again. I would definitely watch it again. It's not yeah. going to be one that I rewatch consistently and have the most fond memories of. It's one of those movies I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember this. I, maybe I should give it a chance again. It's, it's like just, one of those lazy nights where you just don't really have anything going yeah, on. Well, I mean, or anything planned. That's, I'm, I'm hard, having a hard time catching up to watching my regular yearly stuff now. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's just a few that. I pull out and I'm like, man, I haven't seen this in a while. I got to watch it again. So speaking of that, um, so I would, first of all, I would love to hear what you guys think of these movies. Like, um, so please let me know in the comment sections of any of our stuff, whether it be on our website. You can always comment there, by the way. You can like, share, comment, and sign up with us there. 
That's always cool. Or you can do it on our Facebook, our Reddits, or whatever. If you're new here, thank you guys so much for listening to the end. You fucking rock. Uh, I've been trying to get a lot of YouTubers of our YouTube doesn't even know that I have a podcast. How does that happen? <laughs> There's like five or, you know, per, or what was it? 25% of the people on there that, that follow my poll said they didn't even know I had a podcast. They thought that this was the podcast, the YouTube. No, really? And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Like, <laughs> like I thought I was pretty, uh, you know, apparent about it. But anyway, thank you guys for coming by. Let us know what you think. We always love hearing from you guys. We are going to be doing a giveaway here soon in the near future. So just, you know, bear with us. If you if you know about our VIP club, definitely sign up there. We're going to talk about what we're going to be watching next week since Patrick's going to be returning with us. We're going to have to, like hone our skills down we're at two hours right now then i'm probably gonna oh, whittle, whittle down to like one hour and 45 minutes you yeah know? Uh, <laughs> and next week i already had something kind of planned so next week we are going to be watching the hunger mm. originally i was i was trying because my friend has been telling me to watch the lighthouse with willem dafoe and the I fucking house. I fucking love Willem Dafoe. Of course. And I'll watch pretty much anything with yeah, Willem Yeah, there's Dafoe. a lot of farting in that movie. It's pretty good. <laughs> I looked up Willem Dafoe movies. I, I was like in a Willem Dafoe move. And I kind of went off the rails and I saw the movie Hunger with David Bowie, Willem Dafoe. Um, there's another famous actress in it. But I was like, all right, vampires. I guess we're doing vampires. So we're going to be doing The Hunger and something I've been dying to watch again. It's been a while since I've watched it. We're going to be doing Near Dark. Yeah, which we had to secure a copy for, which took us a long time, like a week, a week to figure it out. (laughs) Because it's out of print now. Yeah, well, I found a copy, too, so I had to, like, oh, man, that took a borrowing, hey, favors, things like that. So, Mm -hmm. but we got it, and we're going to watch it. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about it. And uh, we've been planning to do it. We were going to do it with the Lost Boys, like, a while back, but I think we ended up doing something else. We're going to do Lost Boys and Near Dark because when I was young, my dad always compared it to Lost Boys and said that this, he liked Near Dark better than Lost Boys. I think it was a more mature Lost Boys. Boys. And I think that's where it kind of was like, you know, because you got some of the older actors in the film are, you know, main staples. They got that weird looking kid that was in a lot of 80s horror movies from the back in the day that... I don't know. He's just, it's, it's, there's some cool stuff in it. It's, uh, what was it? Uh, Bill Paxton. You got, um, what's his name from Pumpkinhead in it? Uh, Lance Henriksen. Mm. And, uh, I can't think of the kid's name. I swear to God, he was, he was popular there for a while. Isn't the the guy from Kung Fu in it? Oh, yeah. I think you might be right. He's in it. Um, fuck my brains. He was Bill from Kill Bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it. I'm, I, I know he's in it. It's just been a while. And then there's some chick in it that I can't remember who's kind of a badass. And then they had this whole thing with the car that was really cool. I haven't seen it in forever, so I'm hoping I'll enjoy it. But uh, you're picking one of those movies and you're doing some fucking research on one of them, buddy. So you better. I will do. Like, since you're giving me the choice right here and now, everybody, I am doing Near Dark. Okay. There you go. All right. All right. All right, guys. So you got your assignment for next week. We hope you enjoyed this extra long episode for <laughs> for your taste and uh, pleasure. Uh, I hope you could stand our nonsense by the end of this episode. Is there a secret password we should ask of them if they may or may not have heard? Mm. See if they listen to the end. What was one of those cool things that the magician said at the beginning of the fucking Cthulhu's mansion? Oh, I fucking fuck if I know. Um, yeah. 
It's got to be something specific, and I can't remember. Stir-fried and shit. There you go. Stir-fried and shit. There you go. That's the secret password. Uh, but yeah, if you guys listen to the end, you're a fucking hero. I don't expect everybody to, and I tell my friends, they're like, well, I can't listen for two hours. I'm like, if you listen for 15 minutes, that honors me. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for listening to the end, though. You're a goddamn fucking hero. And if no one's told you that before, you're hearing it now. So next week, I hope to see you again. As always, long live the boy. So...